Hi there, you're listening to the Speak On It podcast, a program facilitated by Youth Advisory Board members of the Steve Fund. The Steve Fund is one of the leading nonprofit organizations in the United States that promotes the emotional and mental health of students of color. The goal of this podcast is to create a space for students and professionals alike to come together to discuss a plethora of topics relating to mental health and the challenges that Black, Indigenous, and people of color may face during their academic and professional careers. Before we begin our conversation, we would like to leave a disclaimer that this podcast cannot and should not substitute a mental health provider. If you or a loved one need help, please reach out to your primary care provider or the Steve Fund Crisis Hotline, which you can access by texting Steve to 741-741. Thank you and enjoy. Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to Speak On It, our podcast. Today we're going to be talking about, oh my gosh, can we start over? <laughs> One more time. <laughs> okay. And go. Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to Speak On It. Today we're going to be talking about success and what it means to students. So now we're going to introduce ourselves. I'm Danny. I'm a co-host on this podcast, and one of the things that I enjoy is singing. Hi, everyone. My name is Jay. I am um, a chair for the Youth Advisory Board, and something that I enjoy doing is playing tennis. Hi, um, I'm Sadina. I'm now an Ivy senior, and um, I enjoy dancing ballet. Hi, I'm Dr. Beal, and I enjoy biking. So to open up our discussion for today, um, one of the things that uh, we talked about um, a little in our pre-chat was um, to start up success, success for students, it kind of comes up to this topic of school and your majors and your careers and kind of the mindset that some students, and by some I feel like a majority from my experience, kind of do when they enter college, and it's the idea of whatever my career is or whatever my major is, that's, that's it. That's it for life. That's what I'm going to stick to. Um, so I think one of the things that Dr. Beal had mentioned last time uh, was that it's very important, like, even before entering college um, to figuring out your passions and what's, like, really important and kind of, like, taking inventory and stock, I guess, about, like, the different characteristics that uh, you enjoy about yourself, that you enjoy, like, doing in life, and then, like, kind of expanding that and um, kind of exploring the different majors that currently exist on college campuses. Last time we were talking about, you know, what, how do you determine what it is that you like to do? Um, what is your passion? I think that everyone has an opportunity to experience as much as you can, try things that you've never thought about trying before, and see if it actually becomes something that you really like, because you may do, you know, many things before you determine that's really what I'm passionate about. And once you figure that part out that you really, really enjoy doing something, that's what usually sticks. Um, so it's kind of like you may be artistic. Uh, you may uh, learn how that you may like horseback. You may become an equestrian rider. And you've never been around horses before. And all of a sudden you are exposed to horses. And it's like, oh, my God, I love it. So, I mean, sk- skating, riding, um, there's so many different things that you can choose for hobbies as well as you can choose for a career. Uh, once you go to college, uh, that's why your freshman year, they, they kind of let you take all the basic classes. 
and by your sophomore year is when you start to de- they want you to declare a major because that that gives you an opportunity to take a lot of different classes and see what you really like because some of you may say oh I like I want to go to medical school but then you take the first classes and you're like ah oh, maybe I don't want to go to medical school uh, I want to be a um, a writer and you say oh my goodness well maybe not. I don't, I'm, but you know, so there's so many, I'm one of the pharmacists, you know, there are different forms of medicine, there are different forms of everything. So I think it's kind of like you guys need to open up and try to find out, explore as many things as you can in high school and in college. So how would you say that you discovered your passion? Was it like a straight path or did you have to try different things? Um. <laughs> Okay, so I was on campus, um, University of St. Thomas is where I did my undergraduate work at, and I was walking across campus, and I met a professor, and he just started talking to me, and I usually tell this story every time I get ready to speak, because it's kind of like I didn't know what a psychologist or a therapist or a counselor actually did. Um, I, he, he asked, did I want to take a psychology class? And so I was like, he's pretty nice, sure. So I enrolled into a psychology class and little did I know that once I was there and I started studying and all of my grades were like straight I mean it was just kind of like amazing of what I was really there to study and all of us I just switched I switched from biology to psychology and did a flip-flop so psychology became my major and biology became my minor and originally I was going the opposite direction so the more I learned about human behavior and people was the more interested I became every class was I was just eating it up and it was pretty easy, too, so I kind of liked it a lot and didn't know that that's what I was going to do for a career. So I know that in terms of this, like, conversation with, like, choosing your careers and your passions, that some people are kind of, like, keep your hobbies as your hobbies and then your career path as your career path. Like, you, you shouldn't mix business with pleasure, I guess, is, like, kind of the common saying. Um, so, like, what are what are some, like, ideas or thoughts that, everyone um, on the panel like has regarding kind of like that narrative? Um, I personally think that, you know, while you have, you know, your, um, your hobbies separate and your career separate, your hobbies can kind of, it's like another window into who you are. You can look into your hobbies and find similarities in that with, um, with what you're basically trying to do in your career. And I feel like they can help you see what drew you to your career, maybe. Like the underlying themes that you experience in your hobbies is what, you know, initially will draw you to, like, whatever path you choose in life. I relate to that a lot. I like the metaphor of the window. It, it is kind of like a window into who you are. Like, I I feel like I've been experiencing that a lot in the past few weeks, just being at home and having a lot of time to really indulge in my hobbies and getting kind of like subtle messages from people like, oh, that's a hobby, right? That's just a hobby. <laughs> like, you said you wanted to do this. And I'm like totally open because I know that at this point in my life, I'm just going into freshman year of college and I don't have to declare it till the end of sophomore year. So if I want to, explore it's definitely the time to do it so i think it's unique we talked about gap years before it's a unique opportunity between high school and college to take some time off to explore um parts of the world what you really want to do learn a new skill um involve yourself in service of some sort it's just like 
a unique opportunity to be able to explore that. And that's not to say that that never ends, because nowadays it's coming to switch a career maybe every four to five years or to even transfer companies. So just knowing that you have that flexibility, but like keep knowing who you are and keep finding out who you are. I think that in whether or not to mix your business and pleasure, I'd like to think that you can do a little bit of both. Um, so if you like to to read, uh, maybe you go to law school, but you, reading is your passion, and so therefore you find something that requires you to read a lot. And you're doing something that you enjoy doing as well as something that um, you can make into your career. Um, for example, if you like traveling, international relations or international business, which, you know, puts you uh, in different countries and things of that nature. So I think exploring, especially uh, people of color, uh, to be able to explore things that we've never thought were possible for us as far as career choices. Um, and that's what pretty much goes back to what I was thinking about with psychology, because I have not really ever read about any black psychologists or African-American psychologists that had not seen any. And throughout the studies, it was like, okay, there's a whole... Um, realm of different things and multiculturalism became, oh my God, it was like a door that was just blown open and was coming in and trying to figure out the differences among us and our similarities. So, yeah. So, that, that is such, okay. So, regarding, um, your, like, experience of like, oh, like, I've never, like, met or, like, seen black psychologists or, so, like, for other, um, like, POC students who, are interested in career paths that they may not see proper representation um, of their identities. And they're like, that's what I want to do. But I don't know if I can do it because I don't have a model, like a role model in this field to look at. Um, what are some, I guess, like advices that, like advice that you'd give them to like be able to feel like they could succeed, feel like they are empowered to like continue on with this path. And it's like, if that's what you really want to do, go for it. I truly believe that. I mean, you guys, whatever it is, I, and I say that over and over to people that I just meet. I can meet you in the grocery store, and I'll tell you, if this is what you want to do, do the, be the best at what you want to do. If there's some career that you have not explored or you don't have anybody that looks like you, look at what they've done and approach people and say, can you help me? I need a mentor. Uh, I'd like to, you know, I'd like to do what you're doing. Can I just come to your office and just kind of watch and see if that's something that I really want to do? You'll find that people, will be open a lot of times to helping and mentoring. Uh, it's just a matter of just really making the, the first step and asking the question. Um, now, when I was in your guys' age, we didn't have as many internships and things applied during the summertime uh, or things that were geared toward minorities for the different careers, like the sciences. Um, you know, so therefore now there are a lot of things that have opened up that are actually geared toward exposure and I say, take it. If you see something, apply for it. Because nothing beats a failure but a try. And I've always believed that. So if you don't try, you will fail at it because you hadn't done it. But if you try and you fail, you get better the second time. That means something else is there for you. And I really like the point that you mentioned, Dr. Beale, about like just applying, looking for like the vast majority of like internships and mentorships that are like popping up nowadays for like our generation. Um, and like to add on to that, I think something really important to note is like, even if you feel like you don't necessarily meet the qualifications or the requirements that they post online, it doesn't hurt to try because 
there are other people out there and that <laughs> that may go ahead and apply anyway and they're definitely may or may not be qualified for those positions and they still get the opportunity sometimes to be able to receive those positions so it never hurts just to go ahead and submit your application go ahead and call in and be like hey like i just want to make sure like is this like a set requirement or is it kind of like a eh, like we would prefer if you did but like it's not like a like a hundred percent thing that's true that's true, because a lot of times people who come and intern in my office have contacted me more than once. Because uh, when people are busy, it's not intended not to respond to calls. But if a, if a person calls me three or four times, I'm going to turn around and say, hey, let me stop what I'm doing. Let me try to investigate and tell me who she is or tell me who he is. Have them send the resume. Have your resume ready, you guys, even if you're in high school. Uh, make sure that you have a resume ready so when somebody says, because you've done some things that you probably don't realize how many things you've accomplished already in your life. And once you put them on paper, you'll say, wow, is that me? Because you would have done so many things that you thought or you may not have thought you'd done as much as the person next to you. I always say don't ever compare yourself to other people, your friends. Be you and be the best you can be. And once you start looking at what you've done, you'll be surprised. Uh, you'll be surprised what you can put on paper and what people will look, for, look at. And that includes your hobbies, what you're doing in school what organizations you're a member of, um, what clubs, committees, like what you're doing right now. Uh, fabulous things. And people say, wow, they're showing a lot of initiative. Let's see what, what happens. Let me give them an opportunity and give them a chance. So I think it's everything is worth going after, even when you think that you don't have the right qualifications. Because if you don't have them, then you'll, you'll be able to go and know what to work toward. Absolutely. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, one thing I like doing is looking at people's older YouTube videos, like the YouTubers who have kind of made it big at this point. Like if you look back, I guess, at their their earlier videos, like they've kind of refined their craft over time. So everyone has to start somewhere. So my brother is really into gaming, and he has a gaming computer that he pretty much built himself, but my dad also helped him. It's funny because there's like an ongoing joke about how dad doesn't like him to play video games when he like actually helps him build the computer in the first place. <laughs> so like he does support him. But what I thought was interesting was we were like, why don't you live stream? Like you're really funny. You're good at these games. Like I bet people would watch. And he's like, oh, I don't have the right equipment. I don't have this or that. And I'm like, well, if you really think about it, a lot of the people that you enjoy watching today, if you go back and look at their earlier videos, they did not have all the fancy stuff at first. But they kind of like, over time, they started earning by doing what they loved, and they were able to upgrade and make things more appealing for people. And I think everyone has to start somewhere. Part of that, too, Danny, is everybody who's accomplished something may not have accomplished something else and may not have accomplished it on the first try. Okay. So the ability to keep going, I think, is what separates people. Um, because I, I use that cliche I said a few seconds ago, nothing beats a failure but a try. But if you... If you tell yourself ahead of time before you get started, well, I can't do that. I guarantee you, you won't. You won't. You won't do it. Because you've already put it out in the universe and you've already stopped yourself from actually trying. But you say, well, I don't know if I can do it, but I'm at least going to try and see if I can. That's a whole different mindset. And that's how, um, if you approach life like that in anything that you do. Because um, if you find very successful people, they'll tell you the failures that they've had in life and how that motivated them to keep going. Well, one thing I wanted to say was um, when Dr. Gill was talking about that mindset, um, that's something that I definitely experience and try to keep in mind whenever, you know, difficult situations come by. Just the fact that, you know, a failure is a learning opportunity. And 
therefore, you know, I can take that and become confident from it because I know what not to do, what to do for the next time. So, like, in that sense, my future success would come after um, after my confidence in whatever I'm about to do. Um, and then also in the points that Jay was making about, you know, applying for internships and Dr. Bielwin, trying different things um, when you're in college and not having to stick to a major right away. Um, like, also, that comes with, like, your circumstances um, in terms of, like, applying for things and stuff like that. All right, I guess what I wanted to say was that, you know, you should keep that mindset that you're not the same as everyone else and um, whatever will come from what you want to pursue, um, just think about it in terms of what you've already done and your circumstances and how your success can come because of what you have. I love that. Um, and just to uh, rewind a little bit, um, I wanted to point out something that Danny mentioned with her brother in terms of like, it's okay to like just start off with your computer. You don't need all these like fancy schmancy like tools and whatnot. Um, I think that's like one of the things that I notice that some people get stuck on in terms of like projects or ideas that they want to do on. They're like, if I'm going to do this, I needed like, I need, I need it to be like fantastic. I need it to do like this and all the fireworks. And I'm like, I think that's great. Like if you have the resources and the like skills and techniques like at that moment, but it's also okay if it's not like if you don't have those like abilities at the moment, it's okay to kind of build up on it until you're finally able to get that final product. Cause otherwise sometimes like you get into this mindset of like perfectionism where it's like, it has to be perfect. And then like, because of that, you're never going to finish it. It's never going to get out there. And then it's just going to be a project that you put in a lot of effort, a lot of energy and time into that you may never see, like, out in the world. Um, and then with Dr. Beal, you mentioned something about, like, a voice or, like, that idea or, like, the voice that, like, tells you, like, I can't, I can't, I can't do this. Um, which kind of makes me think of, like, imposter syndrome that a lot, that, like, steps in a lot. Uh, within these like um, areas especially for um, like marginalized uh, communities where like you know they're like I'm in this like very like high intensive like um, environment and I again like I may not see representation or diversity with around me and you start getting this head in your like a voice in your head that's kind of like do you really belong here like is it like is it really worth your time to be over here like um, are you really valued here so I guess like kind of building up on that, like what, like for for everyone, like are, are there any like advices that you have when like either you have gone through imposter syndrome or friends have shared experiences with imposter syndrome and you're kind of like, no, cut that out. Like you're qualified, you're amazing, you're a beautiful person, you have a beautiful mind, you're able to succeed with whatever what you want to do. Let's talk about affirmations, it sounds like. Um, and does everybody know the term what affirmations are? You guys, do you practice it at all? Tell I the truth. You. I want to get more into Tell it. Tell the truth. Okay. Not a lot. Because we, we, we kind of don't do it because um, it has to be a reason that we start doing affirmations. But I think if we start early and do it like everything, when you go to school every day or you find something that you think is hard or something that you're having difficulty with, um, if you put positive affirmations, because uh, sometimes we're our worst enemies, 
because we're such critics on ourselves. We are very critical. I'm sure each person, including you, Jay, we're all critical. It's like, oh, God, I didn't do that well enough. Oh, I didn't sound good enough. Or I didn't do it as well as someone else did it. And so you start telling yourself all these things, and then all of a sudden you start to believe it that you didn't do. When really you could have done, if it's the best that you could do, and you know that you can do better and improve on, I think that's the most important thing. If you keep trying until you do the best and do that you can do, and that you surround yourself around positive people, um, that's what I'd, I'd love to make sure that everybody knows. Because if people aren't positive within your inner circle and they have negative thoughts, they will bring you down. It's harder to bring somebody up and pull people up, and it's very easy to bring people down. So, therefore, if you have a bunch of naysayers and say, oh, I wouldn't do that, or I, I, why are you a part of that? That doesn't make sense. Then they start, you start, well, maybe it doesn't make sense, or maybe they are right. So they change your mind around as opposed to saying, Carol, go for it. Do it. You guys can do it. Try it. At least try it. You know, so if you have somebody that's like your parents or someone that's pushing you along to tell you to do certain things, go with that group of people. You know, maybe it may not be five or ten people, but if you have three or four, maybe it's one or two people that you guys support each other, and therefore they uplift you. And being around that positive energy helps everybody to succeed. So not only they're helping you, you're helping them. So that's the most important thing, I think, is to have positive people surrounded uh, by you to do affirmations. And it could be one or two things. I can do it. it this math is not that hard. It's hard, but I guess I can do it. I'm going to try that, my best. I'm going to put a little bit more time into it. I'm going to study an extra 30 minutes. Okay, so I'm trying and trying. I can't do it. So you go get a tutor and get help. Okay. It uh, doesn't mean that you are able to do everything by yourself. You ask people, you study groups. There's a lot of things that you can do to help improve. And it's a part of self-esteem, too. Um, that's all a part of um, trying to make sure that you feel a certain way about yourself. Because if, Once again, if the negative thoughts come in, they'll destroy everything about what you're trying to accomplish. That makes a lot of sense. I remember, Dr. Beal, something you said during our pre-chat how you don't tend to compare yourself to other people because if you're looking to the left or to the right, you're not looking ahead. You're already off course. I think that's so powerful how you consider that already being off course because um, it's kind of true. So, like, affirming yourself and focusing more on yourself and your goals and where you're headed and seeing, like, if the people that you, like, hang out with are in alignment with that and they're supporting you and you're supporting them, like, that kind of helps you stay on the right track. And then I saw this cool picture um I guess it was like five affirmations or like a different form of an affirmation. And for me, it really reset my whole mood because I've tried affirmations in the past and I would like say all these nice things. And then I was like, why is it not working? (laughs) So I, these I actually really liked. So the first one is one thing that you're looking forward to that day. And then the second one is one thing you're proud of from yesterday or the past week. And then the third one was five people you're grateful for. One thing you like about the way that you look and five deep breaths. And by the end of those deep breaths, I'm just, like, feeling a lot better. I'm feeling like I can tackle the day. Like, it's kind of, like even if I woke up feeling a little bit, like, stressed or not as good, like, that kind of helps reset my mood, and it brings some positive things to the front of my mind. So one of my friends actually posted that on Instagram. She's, I love all the positive affirmation things that she posts. Every morning I wake up and I try to figure out how I can put something out in the universe that may be able to help somebody. And I've actually had this more time since COVID-19 to be able to put uh, positive things out there. And I've watched people, you know, like, and, you know, this is exactly what I needed today. And somebody may send me a prayer 
And I read it and I was like, wow, this is exactly what I need today in order to be able to do what I'm going out to do. What you've actually talked about, though, Dan, is what we call gratitude. Um, on the therapy side, we do gratitude journals. I have people write down on a daily basis what they're grateful for because that helps in what you've done. You put it in perspective uh, as far as the things that you're grateful for, and then you realize it's really not that bad. You know, the sun's going to come out tomorrow, and the sun is shining on me today. So I have to be, I, mean, I can be grateful for those things. And then you can say I'm pretty, too, and you can say I, I like my this, I like myself that. You know, often I'm. I start off when I'm first meeting people. Tell me, what, if you could change three things about yourself, what would you do? What would you change? And um, most people tend to say something maybe physical versus, I said, but let's, let's think of those three things and let's turn them around. And what makes you unique, uniquely you? Because the things that you say that you want to change about yourself makes it who you are. You understand what I'm saying? We're not going to all look alike. We're not going to all be tall. We're not going to be small. We're not going to be, you know, all the things that people think that are, are, I guess, pretty, if whatever quality we're looking for. Being you, I think, is the best, the best gift that you can give yourself and the best thing that you can uh, affirm and the best thing that you can be proud of. For example, and I'm just going to share this with you, Jay, I wanted to be tall. I wish I was at least 5'8". Okay, so I stand in a room with all of my friends, and they're all taller than me. So guess what? I wear heels all the time. So I... <laughs> I'm 5'8 because I do that. But when you come down, I'm who I am, whether I'm 5'8 or whether I'm 5'3. Okay. And I'm really 5 feet 3 tall. So I'm really kind of almost short. Okay. But I had this thing about only tall people get uh, respect in a room. So I really studied and, and people and I said, okay, so heels make it. And I, I'm happy with it. So find a way to adjust, but don't try to change who you are for somebody else. And don't try to change who you are by looking at other people and thinking that's a positive thing, especially when you look at different groups in schools. I really love that exercise because I was just starting to think, what are three things that I would do to change about myself or things that I not necessarily like about myself? And as I'm thinking about them and like an extension, it's kind of like I'm wanting to conform, I guess, to like what is perceived as the norm of like certain aspects in society, like, physical beauty or like um like intelligence or etc and i'm kind of like why why would why do i want to be like other people when i can just be me and happy and with all my uniqueness and j-ness <laughs> see god didn't make any mistakes in who we are um a man kind of like you know came up with plastic surgeons and all the other things that change people but the characteristics and the qualities that you have are yours and embrace them to the utmost. I mean, literally, if you were like everybody else in the world, then you wouldn't be unique. So no one has the exact genetic makeup of an identical twins, but even their personalities are different. If you come from a, a line of achievers, if you come from a line of people who are the first, um, if you come from a line where you'll be the first person graduating or things of that nature, uh, embrace the fact that you're willing and you have that support. If you're smart, stop hiding the fact that you're smart, okay? Smart people, uh, I've seen kids where they dumb down in order to be accepted by their peers because they don't want people to think that they're going to be nerds, literally, really. Uh, I say, guess, hmm, certain nerds, I think they're billionaires right now. Uh, people who people didn't think that were, you know, that popular in high school or something, and all of a sudden you see them 20 years later. And they're very, very successful. So don't not uh, do what makes you you. 
I think it's interesting, like, just focusing on yourself and, like, affirming yourself and doing, like, working on yourself for the right reasons. I think it's, I remember mood boards were really popular at one point, and my mom would go to events, or not mood boards, like, go, Goal boards or vision boards? Vision, vision boards. boards. Okay. Yeah. Vision okay. Boards. <laughs> it's good that I can see you guys because then it can help me think about it. <laughs> so my mom would go to these gatherings with her friends where they would like cut pictures out of magazines and paste them onto these boards and anything that they wanted. So if they wanted like fitness or like success or like basically a lot of like superficial things also, which is not my mom at all. Like she is, I wouldn't really classify her as a superficial person because she has a lot of things that are important to her. That will always be important to her with like family and like being active in her community and things like that. Um, she's just not a very superficial person. So I thought it was really interesting when she did these and she brought them home and it would stand up on the piano stand and you look at that and be like, huh, I wonder what that's about. And it was like, it's a really fun like activity. But at the same time, I think probably later they realized those could even be damaging because say you have like pictures of like models bodies or things that just uh, you're just like comparing yourself to p- other people and like other lives and situations or even just to edited images and things that aren't even real. Like they may be real, but in magazines more than likely they're not real. So like that's like almost trying to motivate yourself with like the wrong things and it's not really going to be fulfilling as much. Like when you do achieve, like I guess what I like to do is um like when I was in high school, I was like, I want to be faster. I would put like, and then at one time I made like a vision board where I put like, some athletes and like some times and pictures and stuff. And I was like, I want to do all these things. And it didn't really motivate me as much because it wasn't, I didn't really connect to it. Um, but then when I started running a lot for myself and I was like, this makes me feel really good when I like run all the time. And then I kept going with it and I started tracking my progress. And like, sometimes I do stress myself out, which I'm trying to work on and like finding other ways to make the practice fun and not, to like result oriented but just the fact that it's for me or with the team like you can be running so your team can do well that's also something that like you can control and that you can work on and if you're comparing yourself to someone else like you'll never be them and they will never be you so it's almost like uh there's not really you're not going to be too fulfilled from that so i think um doing things for the right reasons and slow progress is still progress so like every week, like even if you got a little bit faster, like that's like a, that could be a huge PR personal record or like a milestone for you that you should celebrate because your hard work resulted in that. That's that's what I've been doing. I think vision boards were really another way that people created in order to set goals. Um, they wanted to be able and they by visually seeing it. A lot of times people are visual people. So they, that's when they would cut the pictures out and they said, okay, I want to run. I want to have this kind of, um, I want to finish school. You know, they would put the picture up there and by having it on the board, it would allow them to be able to see it every day. So train the mind that this is where I'm going and this is what I want to do. Um, and you can either do it in that form or fashion or you can do it by just writing your goals down on paper. Uh, a lot of my patients, that's part of my, uh, my therapy techniques, I need you to come with your three goals, short-term goals and long-term goals. And what I mean by short-term, things that you can achieve in a short time period, you tell me. And then long-term goals, we sit down and we talk about how can you reach that goal. Because it may be easier for a person on the outside to tell you, okay, you need to do this, 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 and this. Then you have been able to figure out and give you ideas more to be able to reach those goals. And I think that you should always have goals. Um, even when you accomplish something, um, what do I want to do next? Uh, how do I want to give to other people? 
I don't want to be a better person because every day that you wake up and you thought it would be the better person, the best person that you can be on that particular day. So, Jada, you said goals? Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I love doing is writing, like, top three goals that I want to accomplish within the next year. I, like, put it in a little envelope, and I, like, hide it and stock it away, and then I set a reminder on my calendar. And when that day comes, I look at through my envelope, and I look at, okay, I got one and three down. Maybe not two, but in place of two, I did this, this, and this this year, which is a lot better than what I wrote down for number two, which could be, like, I don't know. I can't even think of the top of my head, but it'll be just something random where I'm like, you know what? Like in retrospect, it wasn't that important for my like development or like my, my, my desires for like what I want to achieve, like for the future. Goal setting, very important as well. Affirmations, very important. I think, um, uh, dream big. Don't dream small. Dream big, bigger than you, you're, you could actually think of. You know, think about something that you really want to do and don't make it where it's limiting or you're limiting yourself. Uh, if you want to go to a certain institution, apply to that institution. Certain inter- internship, like I said earlier, apply to that internship. Once again, if nothing else I leave today, nothing beats a failure but a try. And so we have to always try. So what about goals? Um, set goals or, or not? Sedania? You do? I, I do set goals. Um I feel that I tend to set them every um, every semester or so. Um, I'm a big fan of New Year's resolutions and, like, keeping them. Every once in a while, I'll go back and I'll look and I'll see, okay, what have I done? What am I still doing? Um, what can I look back and see that, oh, that wasn't really something that was very necessary. And um, one thing that my sister and I want to do is make a sort of summer contract so goals that we want to set for the summer and, like, what we want to do um, and just, you know, sign off and say, okay, we're going to do this together. And then by the end of the summer, we're going to look back and see. And then, I don't know, we'll come up with something for if we break it or, um, you know. But that's definitely something that I like to do, um, setting goals for just every aspect of my life. I would also like to point out this really awesome resource called WHOOP, or WHOOP. It's called WHOOP, actually. It's W-O-O-P, and it stands for Wish, um, Outcome, Obstacle, and Plan. So you can also find it at whoopmylife.org. So I forget the the name of the researcher, but she found out that this is a really helpful, like, goal-setting technique. So people end up following through more often when they think, I guess, through the four components of, like, a really solid goal and, like, achievable goals, like the WISH. And then the outcome is the best possible outcome that you can imagine, and you spend some time visualizing that. And then you spend some time visualizing the main obstacle that you know is just going to, like, you're going to come across it, and it could get in your way. And then you think of a plan. So, like, if when, if slash when I encounter this obstacle, I will do this. And you give yourself an actionable item to help you, like, overcome that obstacle. She also found that switching the O's didn't work. So when they had people, like, think about the obstacle before thinking about the outcome, they actually weren't as likely to achieve their goals because they probably thought about, oh, wow, that obstacle is, like, really hard. And that was, like, the first thing in their mind versus the outcome being the first thing in their mind, which is, like, their goal. So um, I've used that. I've recommended it to friends, and it actually helps one of my friends get his sleep schedule on track. Um, I've used it for certain things, and it, it helps me kind of stay focused. And so you can do it for a day or you can do it for a month. 
on the website. But you can really do it for any amount of time that you want. So, unfortunately, like, you know, there's kind of, like, an opposite to, like, success. And that, I'm not going to say failure because I think that's, like, people tend to get caught up on, like, failure and what that means to them. So, like, kind of what Danny was saying, like, obstacles or bumps um, during your plans or your goals that you, like, um, map out. So what are some tips or what are things that y'all do when you guys kind of meet those obstacles or have those little bumps that come along with whatever you guys are trying to achieve? Um, I know that I definitely try to find, you know, a way to overcome them. Like, even if it's something that's completely, you know, outrageous or, or it's not going to work or it's like, why would you try that? This obstacle is obviously so this or that. You know, it's like I'll try everything to continue to, um, you know, work towards what I'm working towards or I'll get the obstacle and kind of like what it's saying about what I want to do and see if I need to like tweak my path um, a little bit to like get to the same outcome. You know, I don't really let it um, remain an obstacle. It's like I, I turn it into something else. So one thing that I've been doing is so. Okay, for loop, one thing I did was to stop, like, fidgeting and picking at my finger. So I tell myself, okay, I'm going to take three deep breaths. So that's, like, my plan. Like, if I feel, like, the impulse or the urge to pick at my finger, I will take three deep breaths. And after that, I, like, feel a lot calmer. I don't feel the need to pick anymore. And so hopefully after doing this many times, I'll just get into the habit of just breathing and being more conscious of my breath, and that will help me. So that's my obstacle I'm working to overcome right now. I think that sometimes people have the fear of success, and right when they're on the verge of actually accomplishing certain things, um, they stop. <laughs> Jay, you're shaking your head like you understand. And so, therefore, they, they put themselves, and it becomes a habit more so than in a part of who they are. Because every time they think that they're going to be successful at something, somebody said, well, Doc, how can somebody have the fear of success? Uh, because of the fact that if they're successful, then they don't know what to do with it, or they think that they don't deserve it, or they think that they can't achieve it. And if you're able to do it, you do deserve it, and you can achieve it, and all things are possible. And so the world becomes yours. Um, if you're creating or you feel anxiety as you, you are approaching different things, or as you are trying something, as you are trying something new for the first time, and it creates anxiety. You're correct, Danny. I love the fact that you stop and you breathe. Uh, I tell uh, people to count back. If you start counting backwards, uh, if you start from like maybe 25 and you try to get to the number one, it's going to require your brain to refocus as you're going down to make sure that you don't make any mistakes. So um, therefore, you're resetting your thoughts and then resetting the anxiety that you're experiencing. Um, breathing exercises, uh, if you breathe in and breathe out, uh, mindfulness, uh, is another thing that we practice of being, um, in a certain mindset as you're trying to do certain things. Um, in addition to, um, probably listening to music a lot of times, uh, to calm down, there's, uh, several apps that I recommend. There's one that's on my phone and I picked it up a second ago and it's, um, uh, it's called Wave, W-A-V-E, and uh, I have people, if they're really anxious, 
excuse me, not yes, W A V E, not W A Z E. I know that's the, it's wave sounds, and you can just find something, and you just need to relax. And after you relax, and you go forward, and you make it happen for yourself. Um, it's kind of like making sure um, that you do something, and you do something uh, that you want to do. So don't stop yourself from doing it. I like when I encounter obstacles, I love going the route of like my support system and I love getting my like friends to like we're we're all each other cheer we're all each other's like cheerleaders, right? Like in terms of like what we want to do and we're always trying to push each other. And so like when I like kinda have those bumps and I'm just like and there are times when some of my like coping techniques don't unfortunately help at the time and like I need someone to talk to and go back and forth with um, and that's when some of my friends really helped me out they let me go through my blurb when I'm like I did this 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 and I can't believe I like messed up on that like that person's probably thinking I'm like a complete like ding dong and like I'm unable to do x y and z um, they let it all they let me take it all out and then they're like pause and then they like go through bits and pieces of like what I said and they're like why do you think that why is that an issue? Um, and that's kind of like what we do back and forth with each other. We take our like little rants and our like um, insecurities when we go at it. And we kind of like um, reframe each of the little bits and pieces of it. And we're like, okay, like you're saying this, but here are the other piece, bits and pieces that could like come into play. Or you can reframe and think of going like this route if that doesn't work out and et cetera, et cetera. And I found that that's been especially helpful when like I get caught up in my head and it's just too much for me to like necessarily be able to get into that space for meditation or deep breathing. Um, It like helps just to rant. (laughs) That sounds like a really positive group of friends. Like you're helping to build each other up. (laughs) So like kind of like bouncing off of like what Dr. Beal said about like surrounding yourself with a lot of positive people. It, took me a really long time to find like a really good close-knit of friends um due to like a variety of reasons right like um I don't know if like this gets talked about a lot but um I was going through a couple of like toxic relationships like like in undergraduate not like intimate relationships but like platonic relationships where there would be instances where they're kind of like boosting you up and then the next second you like turn your back, they like kind of like bring you down. So it's kind of like too much up and down roller coasters. Um, and for someone who like came from a relatively small school, uh, like high school and then to like a big college, it's kind of like, I already made this group of friends. Like this is the group of friends that I have to stick with because otherwise I may not have any friends in college and I'm going to be all alone. So like I kind of unfortunately got into this mentality and like this will be my friend group for the next like four years. Um, and that didn't really help. So like I had to eventually like take a step back and I'm like, they're doing more harm than good. And that's how I ended up finding, um, more of my positive friends. And like, it's cliche, but you'll know who your real friends are <laughs> when you get into like, um, undergraduate and, um, beyond. <laughs> kind of like a lifelong, uh, process. Uh, luckily though, I was able to find my best friends in college. And it's been many, many years, and all of the people who were my friends in college, even they went to a different university or in my sorority, have been my friends and will be friends until we were, we were little old ladies. Um, 
we know that those are the relationships and those are the people that were supportive and we're supportive of each other. And all of us are around the country. But when something happens, that's important. We are on it. We will stop whatever we're doing. We will call. Those are the people that you want. Uh, you don't have to have a lot of friends, but you have to have some good friends. And I tell my daughter that all the time. Um, and listen to your parents sometimes, ladies, because our gentlemen, because they can see the friends that may not be the best friends that need to be. We may think that we can pick our friends and when we were in school and stuff. But if I remember those messages my mom and dad used to tell me, but that's not your friend. And I, lo and behold, they were right. I hate it that they were right, and you'll hate it as well. But sometimes people from the outside can see things and how people treat you. If a person does not make you feel good, you do not need to be around that person if that's a part of who they are when they're with you. If they need to make you feel down in order to make themselves feel better, not the kind of relationship you want to be in, whether it's a, a friendship or whether it's a relationship with somebody. Um, you need to be and surround yourself, and this is for anybody who's watching, around people that make you feel good. And you feel good, and you don't need them to make you feel good either. Because if you are that needy on them, then that's not going to be a healthy relationship as well. Everybody brings things together that contribute to a relationship to make the relationship a good relationship. So, you know, therefore, and it's okay to not be friends with people. You may have a roommate in college for the first time, and all of a sudden you realize you guys don't get along. You know, don't go, you know, and it's okay um, because they'll find another group of friends and you'll find another group. Um, so, and then once you have that group, they'll be supportive if you run for student council or if you do something, uh, organizations, or they may have different majors than you have. But find people that are supportive of you and they help you with you. If that person walks away every time and you feel like, oh, why do I feel so down when she comes in? Or why do they suck up all the air in your room? Um, then those are probably not relationships or friendships that you want to be a part of. I'll start. So, um, let's see. So, Rose, something that was awesome was yesterday we celebrated my cousin's college graduation. Call not the graduation that they did, but it was awesome that we all came together as a family and we each got to say something. And then we have a call at seven. I guess this can be my bud for like five of my cousins or something graduating from high school, college, all different places. But we're kind of combining it into one call, like the descendants of like the green family of like Ruth Green or something. So like we're tracing it back to a common ancestor. And so my aunt actually organized this, which is pretty cool. And so this is a big milestone for them. So even though they're not going to be able to be celebrated on like a field or something like that, like we're definitely acknowledging them and the institutions have put into a lot of effort into making sure they feel acknowledged too. So I've been happy about that. And then a thorn. I guess I said the thorn. It's not like a traditional kind of graduation thing. But it's for my brother, too. He's graduating from high school this year. My mom got him a poster. His his face is like a four-by-six-foot thing. It's, like, huge. <laughs> or not that big, but it's hanging on our ping-pong table now. Um, Maybe she can send you a picture of it, Auntie Janice, because it is just so funny. She thinks that she kind of lost her mind when she found, when, because of this whole situation. So she really wanted to get that from him. It's inside. I don't think it's going to end up on the front door as she originally intended, but it's really nice to see it, and it makes it makes me laugh, so I like that. <laughs> um, so my rose this week is kind of small, but my cat, due to the quarantine, has become super cuddly, and it's super adorable because he'll literally follow me 
um, between rooms. Like I'll go sit in one room. That's so cute. Be there for 10 minutes and he'll follow me and start sitting next <laughs> to me. I get up the next minute, get to the next room and he starts following me too. And I'm like, I feel so Who needs a dog if you have a cat? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds um, like your cat loves you. So. <laughs> that or he thinks I have treats for him all days. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Probably. Um, a bud is. I have a couple scheduled calls with some friends that I haven't seen in a while or heard from um, due to like life. So it's been it's going to be really exciting just to catch up and kind of see how they're ha- dealing with everything and. Um, just like future plans that they may have and just chit chat. And then a thorn over stimulation, I guess, with the current news feed, um, is my thorn. And then, um, having to take the time to have these conversations with my parents with my very limited, um, language translation skills and kind of explaining the circumstances to them properly. Um, that's been very draining, but very necessary. Um, but it's a little tough, so I'm just going to leave that as a thorn. <laughs> For me, um, a rose has been that I finally got an A in my physics class, which I've been like struggling with all year. So I was just really happy about that. Um, a bud, um, my 16th birthday is coming up, so that's exciting. Um, and then the store, and this is a little superficial, but just the fact that, um, you know, my birthday is going to be in quarantine. And I won't be able to celebrate with all my friends, but I have my family and I'm grateful for that. A positive thing, uh, my rose would be the fact that I uh, have started a new uh, contract this week. And uh, it's amazing because I, we will be providing services to the school district. Uh, anyone can call into our hotline. Um, we will we start a, a COVID hotline um, for parents, teens, uh, teachers, counselors, anybody that wants to call in uh, from our school, from the school district. It's the seventh largest school district in the country. Uh, call in and talk to someone. So I think that's pretty amazing that we were able to get that accomplished and get that off the ground. And it's free. So um, any service that people want to show to talk about. I know a lot of people are suffering during this COVID. 19. So some of the skills and some of the things that I've shared with you today and resources is what we'll be providing for people. Um, so that's amazing. I'm so excited. I, I just love what I do. And I just think that to be able to offer to people, um, it's, it's going to make me cry because it's kind of like we worked on it really hard to make it be a reality. Um, let's see, my thorn this week is I'm not getting enough sleep uh, as a result of it because it's 24 hours. Uh, so I am up. Thank you everyone for sharing. Um, so, um, without ado, we will end, go ahead and end the podcast. Um, thank you everyone and have a great day. And that's all folks. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. To continue the conversation, check out the Steve Fund website for blog posts and summaries of our podcast. While you're there, feel free to also explore different programs, initiatives, and events that the Steve Fund has coming up. If you would like to leave any future topics or themes for us to discuss, or even a comment, feel free to email us at yv@stevefund.org. Thanks, and until you tune in again, be safe and be well.